Hey, good morning. So, so good. All capital letters, exclamation points to the end of that to be with you. We love being a family. It's so good to be a family today. Uh, this morning, I want to, I, I can't wait to introduce my friend Nick. Uh, Nick legitimately is one of the greatest people you're ever going to meet in your life. If you're not sure of that, just ask him. He'll tell you for sure that what I'm saying is true. Actually, no, he's way too humble to say that. But uh, Nick, Nick is just amazing. I can't wait for you to hear what Nick has to share with us um, about what the Lord has laid on his heart. And, and my hope and prayer is that as Nick shares this morning, that your heart will be stirred. Not just like, oh, that's a really cool idea or a cool thought, but that you, your heart is stirred in such a way where there's action behind what you and I do with our lives. Not just physically, but also in the way we pray for what Nick's going to be talking about. Um, and just, just a quick reminder before Nick gets up, um, we are in the midst of a series called We Can Do More Together. And every Sunday, we are looking at a different word. So Nicole took the word we, week one, and week two, she also talked about the word can, so we can, and talked about the different idols that we have in our lives and the things that get in the way of um, us keeping our focus where it should be on Jesus. And then last week, I shared and we talked about the word do and how God has created us in such a way that we have one life and we need to do something with that one life. And today, we're going to talk about the word can. And, or, I'm sorry, we can do more. More, there we go, more. Uh, sorry, um, more. And, and the re reminder, we, again, have one life. Do more. Do more with our one, next life. Or the, not, not the next life. With this life. Man, I'm getting, I should probably look at my notes, but I want to just talk like we're talking here. So, but, but what a great opportunity that you and I have to do more with the one life that we have been given. And it made me think about this great leadership lesson I learned when I was just starting here at Hillcrest. A lot of you remember the, uh, Keith Robinson. Uh, Keith hired me here at the church as the middle school director, which best job ever. Working to middle school kids, love it. That's the best. And a lot of you remind me of middle school kids, so that's why it's fun to work with you. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But uh, Keith used to always, like, evaluate things with me. And he would always sit down with me, and we would look at different things that took place, both in my life personally but also professionally. And he would say, okay, so, Nate, let's talk about the difference between control and responsibility. And he would say, there's a lot of things that we do in life that we have a lot of control over. Therefore, there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with that. And so that, that we, we would have lots of great conversations about that, and, and it, was, it was wonderful. But I'm thinking about what we're talking about today. And when I was thinking about what we're talking about today and this idea that we have one life, do more, what we're talking about today, actually, I believe that we, all of us in this room, have a lot of control over how we respond to what we're going to hear today. And I believe because we have a lot of control over what we're going to hear today, I believe also that we have a high degree of responsibility on how we respond to that which we can do something about, that which we can control. So, Nick, why don't you come forward and share a little bit more about um, this reminder with all of us. But again, our hope and prayer is that you and I would do something with that which we can control, that we would do something with the one precious life that God has given us. Amen? Amen. This is Nick. Hi. This mic is good. All right. Awesome. Keith Robinson, 
Nate, that's the guy I meant to tell oh, you. Yes, so Keith, ironically enough, I met Keith at a pastor's conference about uh, two years ago, and he said, there's this great guy, Nate, you should meet. And so he got me Nate's contact, and so that's the name I was trying to remember. Thanks, that's it. Uh, thank you, Keith. I'm here because of you today, bud. Um, hey, my name is Nick. I am the senior church advisor here in Kansas City for World Vision. I've uh, been on staff with them for about uh, two and a half years, and so I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Um, I am here with my wife, Pam, and our three kids here. Uh, and this, I think we're going to slide up there, but you can meet them after church as well. But that's Joe, Tessa, and Emery, and Pam. Uh, we've been married for about 10 years. It's been a great, uh, awesome journey that we've been on together. Um, but to be honest with you, uh, I, I, I wouldn't imagine that I'd be here. In 2018, April of 2018, the last place I thought would, I would be would be right here in the church speaking to you. Uh, I had a great job working uh, for uh, a company that allowed me to have a lot of flex flexibility. In fact, a lot of lunch breaks were spent right off the road here at Top Golf. Uh, you guys said you've heard that place. That's one of my favorite places to be. Uh, I got an invite today from my buddy Jonathan, so maybe I'll see you on Tuesday. Um, but God had other plans for me, right? God wanted me to do more. At the time, I didn't realize that I wanted to do more or didn't even care to do more, actually, especially if it meant less time doing the things that I wanted to do. But looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm so glad that God called me into this work, right? He called me and challenged me to do more. And I'm convinced that he had a purpose in my life for doing so. I can remember growing up watching my own parents do ministry. Uh, it looked so hard. And often I would see what they were doing. I would have to ask myself, why don't they do something different? I'd even challenge them, like, can you guys do something else? Something that's going to be easier, something that can bring more money, Right? I remember at 15 uh, having one of those, you know, father-son moments where he's talking to me, hey, son, I'm so excited about, you know, what God's going to do in your life. Do you have an idea of where God's leading you? What kind of things do you want to do with, with, with what you've been gifted with? And uh, I remember saying, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know one thing or two things. Number one, I'm never going to work in ministry, all right? <laughs> and number two, you'll never see me standing behind a pulpit. Now, obviously, the irony of those words makes us all smile today. Uh, but looking back, I can see that it was really more of my own misguided ideas of what life was supposed to be about that allowed me to see my parents' work as a burden, right? But instead, I should have been looking at as what they, they had a reckless trust and faith that what they were doing had uh, eternal value, right? They were rooted in that strong faith, and they were willing to do whatever it cost them to reach the most vulnerable. They were committed to doing more. My parents, you're about to see a picture of them here, a great picture, uh, one of my favorites. Um, when they were young, I'm sure they had no idea that the journey that God was going to take them on, right? You see, I was actually born in Kenya. Uh, that's where my story begins. And I come from a, a pretty humble beginning. Uh, and in this next picture, you'll see what I mean by that. Uh, we lived in a one-room house with a dirt floor, all right? And that's me and my sister and my mom. Back in 1983, no, 85, 84, I'm getting old, okay. Um, at the time, I didn't even know that we were poor. I had no idea. Uh, I, I soon would learn that there's a big world outside of that one-room house. I remember when I was four, my family and I relocated to the United States. I was, it was a huge leap of faith for my parents because they were leaving a land they knew to go to a land they knew little about. Hebrews 11:8 says, by faith, Abraham was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And that sort of reminds me of my parents' journey. They didn't know what they were doing. 
But that, that decision to come to the U.S. changed the trajectory of their lives and my life and my sister's lives forever. But it was also during those years that I could see the price you pay when you say yes. Yes to taking on more. When God calls you to do hard things. See, my parents faced countless setbacks, right? Defeats. But they were continuously faithful to the call. Uh, you know, as a, result, as a result, we would drive, we drove older cars, uh, we ate a lot of budget-friendly meals. Uh, like I, you know, one of my favorites, George's McDonald's, what we called it, my dad's attempt to recreate that McDonald's experience. But imagine kind of a, a hamburger patty looks more like a baseball than a hamburger patty smashed between two pieces of bread. It just didn't go well, but we gave him an A for effort, right? But back then, I couldn't understand why we couldn't have the nicer things, why we couldn't have the big houses, uh, why we couldn't have the, the van with the sliding doors on both sides, right? We only had this sliding door on one side. I thought we deserved more. What kind of upside-down thinking was that, you know? I was wanting more things, the wrong kind of more, kind of, if you think about it. Because let's stop and think about it uh, for a moment. Here's, here, here's a guy, here's Nick, right? Not living in a one-room house anymore. He's no longer uh, eating the same meal, uh, wearing the same clothes like he was when he was a kid. You guys, some of you experienced that with Matthew 25 this week, kind of walking in the shoes of some of these communities that we're wanting to serve. But let's think about my dad for a second, right? This next slide is a picture of my dad. You'll see him here on the right. Bottom right-hand corner, that's him. Here I am complaining about, you know, the kind of food we're eating and the kind of clothes we're wearing when he grew up in one of the poorest places on the planet, right? He literally grew up eating out of the dumpster. That's how his family survived. I mean, he didn't have shoes. You know, in hindsight, I probably had it pretty good. I just didn't know because I didn't have the perspective. In fact, I remember asking my dad a couple of years ago, just kind of after I kind of started to understand where he came from and, 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 and the reality of what what it cost him to get to the United States and everything he was sacrificing. I said, hey, Dad, what was it like whenever you found out we're coming to the U.S.? You know, what were your thoughts? What were you thinking? And I really was expecting to hear this, this thing of, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get, start the journey. Come build the American dream and, and build that foundation for our family. But instead, he said, you know, son, I was terrified. I didn't want to go. Everything inside of me told me that I'm not worthy of this journey. I'm, I, I don't have what it takes in fact, when he got to JFK, he said it took everything he had to keep walking forward and take that next step. He chose, though, to listen, to hear that voice of God saying, you can do this. You have value. You are worthy. You can do it. I have called you into this. So Hillcrest family, that's what we're here to talk about today, right? The God we serve and the Jesus we follow his worldview is upside down to the current worldview we live in. And that's part of what makes our Christianity so beautiful. And this is illustrated in two pillars that I want to point out in Matthew 25. Number one, our calling to serve those experiencing extreme poverty and those who have far less than we do. But the second part, the answer to the question, Lord, how do I, Jesus, Jesus got all the time, and Jesus, how do I get into the kingdom of heaven? It is in these areas that we become, it becomes so easy to see his upside-down answer. Verse 34 says, The king will say to those on his right, Come you who are, who are blessed by my father, 
inherit the kingdom prepared for, for, from the foundation, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, and thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, and the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So many powerful truths are packed into that passage, right? Like I mentioned, Jesus was asked often, what does it take for me to get into the kingdom of heaven? And in that proclamation, Jesus gives us the answer that, that turns our own world upside down. It's not what we expect. He, devi- he defies worldly logic when he tells us exactly who will get into the kingdom of heaven and who will not. Moving on to that second pillar, it's that we are called to restore broken, restore broken circumstances surrounding the most vulnerable and impoverished people of the world, in the world. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we gloss over that second pillar of the upside-down kingdom. When Jesus calls the people who are hungry, thirsty, homeless, hurting, those who, have, who are lost in the world, he calls them his brothers and his sisters. And in doing so, He's affirming their inherent dignity. Do you realize how powerful that intentional, that, that, that intentionally, in, how powerful that is? Jesus is intentionally wanting to connect with us and give that, lead us to that, to that point. Sometimes we have this idea that if I have more, I am more. If I have less, they are less. But in that holy sentence, Jesus wants to destroy that lie. He flips that, that, that narrative around. Because just because people have less does not mean they are less. They bear the image of Christ. So when we are restoring the circumstances, don't we forget to affirm their inherent dignity along the way. Going back to my dad, I remember, uh, if you remember, his world circumstances, his own gut was telling him to turn around. But he chose to listen to that voice. And I want you to listen to that same voice today, Hillcrest. That same voice is telling you that God is calling you into something more. And you are worthy. And you have that. You have what it takes. But I want to take those two pillars, right, we talked about, not just apply them to ourselves. Because he's calling us to do the same for others, not just for ourselves. He wants us to help to restore broken circumstances and affirm inherent dignity in our brothers and sisters. And I'll be the first to admit, that's, that's difficult for me at times. I'm tempted to, stu- to sometimes I'm tempted uh, to step away from that. I think the person next to me is going to do it. But what happens when we, we, have that, we believe that narrative and that doesn't happen? And we ignore the God's commandments to care for the least of these, our brothers and our sisters. So rather than waiting for someone else to step up, what if each of us said yes to help build the upside down kingdom? Yes to restoring and affirming others. Can you imagine what the world would look like if we all said yes to doing that? I want to tell you a quick story about a good friend of mine named Halima. Last year, I was in the same exact position you were, sitting there, and someone asked us to consider sponsoring a child. And for $39, they said, hey, you could radically change this child's life. For $39, you could bring health care, food, much needed access to clean water. 
At the time, I just started working on World Vision. My wife and I were already sponsoring a child. And we, I, just, I, I, I didn't think that was possible. We already, how could we do that? But as the service continued, I started feeling that, hearing that desire, that, that word say yes. And Pam and I were, were convinced in that moment that God was nudging our heart to do more. And so we said yes to sponsoring another child. One of the cool parts of that story, though, is I actually got to meet Halima. And in the next picture, you'll see Halima. Halima's a four-year-old little girl who lives in Uganda with her grandmother and two siblings. Her grandmother struggles to provide for their family. She's unemployed and lacks the basic resources that, need, that she needs to care for the, for, the, for the grandchildren. Halima lives in a part of Uganda that's been really impacted by HIV, AIDS. It's damaged their community, left a lot of these children uh, um, as orphans and at risk. Each day is a struggle, but each day they have to wake up and find hope, seek hope. They're looking for hope that one day they can find access to, 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 edu to education, food on the table, medical assistance. And by saying yes, I remember feeling like so grateful that we were able to be part of that process to bring hope to her community. And actually, Hillcrest, we have the opportunity today to do that in a community in the Dominican, in, in the DRC. Lydia, in the next slide you'll see, is a community that is waiting to be, to be uh, impacted by you. This is a real community that you guys have an opportunity to impact. This community in Central Africa is in desperate need of your support. Most of the people here are incredibly poor. They need access to clean water. They need access to health care. They need access to education. But remember, like I said, just because they have less doesn't mean they are less. The world may look at them and cast judgment on, on them, but that's not how God sees them. This community is, is, is built of strong and powerful people who just need an opportunity, a chance that you and I can provide for them. Today I'm asking each and one of us, every, every one of you to join me in sponsoring one or more of these children. Hundreds of, we want, we, our goal is to see 100 children in this community uh, sponsored today. And for years, we've partnered with, with, with churches just like yours to make this happen. And typically, the way we would do that is we tell you after the service to, to get up and go outside, and on there you'd be seeing the strings and all these pictures on there, and you'd go and you would choose a child, right? But over the last couple of years, World Vision has been praying a prayer. The Lord, that you would radically change our, our, our viewpoint. How can we do more to restore and affirm the inherent dignity of these children? And of course, a couple months ago, we got an answer that we didn't see coming. God led us to this simple but profound question. What else could we do to restore the inherent dignity of these children in a way where the first step would start with a relationship with a, with a sponsor right here, right now? What did it look like for the first time in history? They instead were empowered to choose us. Here's that video.
Hillcrest, in two weeks, you're going to have the opportunity to do something really special, right? We're going to have the first ever choosing party for Hillcrest at Lydia, this exact same uh, um, area that we showed you earlier, right? Our goal is to see 100 kids sponsored there. Now, typically what would happen on a day like this is Pastor Nate and I would be jumping, you guys would be taking your pictures and allowing the, us to, uh, to take your pictures on a plane to Africa today for these children to be chosen. But we know in a pandemic that's not possible. We're still going to get out there. But we have a way for you guys to get connected today. We're going to create an awesome Facebook page for you guys to check in and see how this is going to work, right? Uh, typically, we want you to go out there and, and pick a picture. But today, you're going to take the most epic picture you've ever taken. You're going to go out there and take a picture. And that picture is going to be taken to the field. And those children are going to have the opportunity to choose you. And the way we're going to do that, we're going to talk about in a second. But before I do that, I'm going to have Pastor Nate come up here and kind of share his vision for what he sees the impact you guys could have in these communities. And when I come back up, I'll give you guys instructions how we can uh, get out there and, and make, get those pictures taken for us to be able to finish that, pro that process. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, and so, again, we have one life, right? Like, let's not be accused of wasting the one life that we have. Let's be accused of doing more with that one life that we have because the Holy Spirit has moved inside of our lives and he's done something great and he's called us to follow him wherever he calls us to go. My wife and I and kids, uh, we, we actually sponsor three kids uh, down in Guatemala and, and I had the privilege of twice going to visit our kids. And it, I, I'll never forget it. I, I have goosebumps right now, okay, literally. I got to go to their home. I got to meet their families. I got to see the impact that this can make, not just in a person's life, but on a community. Because that's what we're asking you today. Like, we're, ask, we're not asking you to change the world. I know that sounds like something a pastor shouldn't say. We're not asking you to change the world. We're just asking you to be faithful, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and be a part of changing a community. Probably this fall, Nick and I are going to jump on a plane, maybe with some other Hillcrest people. Some people volunteered in the first service. Maybe, maybe we'll just, Nick, maybe we'll just charter a plane to the Congo, okay? Um, but we're going to actually go to this community to meet the kids, to meet the families, to see the impact. And I get to meet our fourth child. Apparently, I'm, we're, my wife just informed me we took a picture after the first service, and now we have a fourth child. And I can't wait to meet whoever that is. We have one life. Do more with that one life. And see what God does as he works in and through you. Nick, you can come on up. Um, but as he's coming up, because we are so generous. Like you guys are, I, I've never, I mean, it, if people would say, Nate, describe Hillcrest. Generous for sure would be one of the words that I would use. And I pray as we have this goal of sponsoring 100 kids that you could be a part of that. Now, for some of you, you might go, man, I, we can't do it financially. You know, another word to describe Hillcrest is prayer. You can pray. If you can't afford to sign up to sponsor a kid, or you can, by the way, sponsor multiple kids, um, please pray. Please pray. Because there are so many opportunities that opened the door. We have a living miracle standing on a stage with Daniel today because of the way that we prayed for his brother and God healed him. God hears our prayers. He's at work. He does things. Amen. And so we want to invite you to pray as well. Nick, I'm going to hand it back to you.
Hillcrest, uh, the truth is that everyone, every one of us needs to be reminded that we are, we are seen and chosen. And by saying yes to being chosen today, by letting a little child in this community have the power to choose us, not only are we being reminded of the upside-down love that God has for us, but we are restoring broken circumstances and affirming inherent dignity of these children who the world says are less just because they have less. So here's what I want everyone to do, all right? Take out your phone, all right? We're going to get the slide up next here. Uh, yeah, Hillcrest. We're going to type in the word Hillcrest. We'll give you guys a second to pull your phone out and text in the word 56170 to, and type in the word Hillcrest to 56170. And in a couple of seconds, you'll get a, a ping back with instructions. You'll fill out the information on there, right? And however many children you want to sponsor, you, whatever the Lord or Spirit leads you to do, go ahead and do that. And then as soon as uh, this service is over, we're going to do something really cool, right? You're going to take the most epic picture you've ever taken outside in the lobby. You saw the, 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 the setup out there. I had the opportunity to do that with my family last year. And what a great way for us to connect with these children. And for us to be chosen was such a special thing. And on June 13th, when you come back, all right, so make sure you write that date down. June 13th, you're going to come back because that's where you're going to get your envelopes, right? And those letters from those children. Those letters mean so much to me that we've got from our children, from our sponsored children. We're going to create a Facebook page where you're going to be able to engage and kind of watch each other, tag each other, and, and see your pictures and how the activity goes on. And Pastor Nate and his kids, they're choosing him and the staff. Uh, on the card here, it says May 23rd, right? But we know that for, that's not accurate. We're, we have until actually June the 6th to do that. But the sooner we get this done, the easier it is for the field to be able to provide this information for us to get that process going. So make sure you get that done today. Text in that number as soon as you can, if you can take that picture today. And if you're online or watching later, same thing. Just text in five, Hillcrest to 56170. All right? And so we're so excited to see what God's going to do. We have a huge goal to sponsor as many kids as we can. And we know that Hillcrest is a generous community. It's going to do so much to impact this community. But thank you so much for having me, and God bless you guys.